Welcome to On the Road with MTJC, episode 131, I think, right? <laughs> you guys are the ones driving at home now. Can't hear this? That's right, we are, we are driving in our cars on the way home. We are driving, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So hey everybody, welcome to episode 131 of the Board Just Go podcast. We are live, coming to you from Mark's car, on the way from San Francisco down to Cupertino, and uh, what are we on? What are We're we on? on 101 Freeway. 101 Freeway. So I'm joined by Mark Rubin from San Francisco. Sorry? We're in South San Francisco. South San Francisco. So I've, uh, I'm joined by Mark Rubin from San Jose normally, but he's currently in South San Francisco. Yeah. Hello. And we're also joined by Jaime Lopez on the phone from Seattle, Washington. How's it going? Of course, my name is Tim Mitra, and that's, yeah, that's who I am. All right, so Jaime, you have some follow-up items for us? Yeah, we have a couple. Um, The first one was a follow-up to episode 129 from Dennis Major, who is pointing out that the Linnea App Store description says it is compatible with various iPads, not just the iPad Pro. So that's talking about the Linnea app, the... Uh, drawing app that uh, we talked about, a uh, really nice you know, sketching app. Right. And it sounds like it's not, not just the iPad Pro, so I'm assuming you don't need an, uh, an Apple Pencil to use that. Right, yes, that's correct. We, I think we said last week that you needed, or two weeks ago we said we needed a, a pencil, but you don't apparently. Cool, that's, uh, that's good to know. And the second follow-up item is to episode 130, and this is from Dave. Uh, I'll just read this one briefly out here. It says, Hi, Tim. Message from the English lawnmower here. Can you let Greg know we don't mow our lawns in the winter, so you now accompany me on weekend dog walking instead? Also, my knowledge in Swift has improved to the point where I can now understand about half of what is happening when Greg, Jaime, and Mark start disappearing down a rabbit hole. On this level of improvement, I should be able to understand a full show by 2020. Keep up the excellent work. Both me and my dog love the shows. Yeah, I I think my... My comment to that is like, hey, don't feel bad. Uh, I don't necessarily understand all the content on the shows myself, so that makes you feel any better. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, I just want to say, too, that uh, another, just a minor follow-up item. It, as we report today, it's uh, Canada's Flag Day, February 15th, so yay, Canada. Do you want to sing the national anthem or something? No, it's okay. We can, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll dub it in later. <laughs> Added in post. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, one of the the things I posted was an article, I think Mark and I were talking last week, about uh, uh, Apple's stock being at an all-time high, and that was uh, last week in the after show. So so I found an article here posting about that, but Mark, you said today that it's even higher, right? I don't know what it closed at today, but uh, earlier today it did hit an all-time high. And you were saying something about Warren Buffett has invested in it. Warren Buffett and, and his investment company, Berkshire Hathaway, apparently bought a pretty large stake a couple of days ago, which, which uh, tells the market that you know, he's, he thinks the prospects are good for the future. So, so uh, you know, even though it's pretty high, it, it, it could go higher. But you know, we're not giving investment advice here, so talk to, talk to your broker. <laughs> yeah, we're not lawyers either. <laughs> not brokers, not lawyers. <laughs> your mileage may vary. Yep. 
Yeah, I think this is the interesting quote here from the article about, although the iPhone represents over 60% of Apple's revenue, UBS chose to focus on the company's growing service business. The bank noted Monday that Apple services currently contribute profit greater than all non-iPhone segments combined, which I think says a lot about sort of like where their future lies in, in terms of growth and where we as in developers could start you know, hitching a ride to that particular wagon that they have and, and integrating with their various services. All right. So the next piece that I put up here was uh, an article where Tim Cook has endorsed augmented reality in an announcement that he made. It's a bit of a, an interview call out about augmented reality. I, th- I don't think I had seen this one before until I saw it uh, here that you had in the show notes. But I think it was something that I'd, I'd heard about like from the headlines, right? It was like big news for Tim Cook to have like a, an official stance of any sort on augmented reality. Right, right. Well, I think a couple of weeks ago, we, I think we mentioned that Apple had some sort of like new thing coming up. Because uh, when I was at uh, the company store the other day, I was down visiting Cupertino, I got to visit the company store and buy some t-shirts for the grandkids and stuff. They had that big display, which is like a cityscape with uh, emojis, you know, sort of like as you would uh, in an app where you panorama, you have like a panoramic view and as you... Um, hover over the, you know, pan towards certain areas, uh, Bluetooth icons would show up and, you know, you know, you know what I mean about that kind of augmented reality experience? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that has a name, but it's kind of a localized experience, I guess. It, you know, it, it, if you're looking at the map app, it finds right. things that are nearby as they pop up as they come in, things of interest. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the type of augmented reality where you're looking through a camera and you're seeing things kind of pop up there. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny, I was into augmented reality a couple of years ago, because I was looking at that. You were looking at Qualcomm, right? Yeah, before. Yeah, before, yeah. yeah, they were just still around, and I was looking at that, uh, I can't remember, I'll put it in the general, because we talked about it before. We used it an S. Strings, I think, maybe? <laughs> String, yeah, string, that's yeah. right. Yeah, they had they had a, a demo app that you could download and some printable targets, and uh, that was more of the one where you point the augmented reality at a target, and, right. and it does yeah, an animation or something. 3D graphic show up or something Yeah, like, like a little monster draw up on your desk and stuff like that, yeah. Right. So, I mean, would you post there in the show notes about Ray Wunderlich tutorial? Yeah, so, sort of related in a sideways sort of way, as I had run across this Ray Wunderlich updated tutorial on doing a location-based augmented reality sort of thing. If, if you could imagine, you know, seeing points of interest, uh, not just on the map, but also um, sort of visually to show you, like, where in the city they are, and they sort of visually direct you, rather than having to map the well the map in your head the 2d plane into the 3d world you can sort of see that so i'm hoping that this means that you know apple would do stuff like this um in the case of this tutorial they use a third-party component called hd augmented reality to do sort of the heavy lifting of getting the the point of interest views to be in the right spot sort of you know, in terms of elevation, pitch roll, that sort of thing. So rather than having to use this third-party component, if the iOS framework itself could provide that, I think that would be really neat. Where are we now? Where are we now? We are in San Mateo. San Mateo, okay. So we're driving along down down the coast here, or down, yeah, I guess we're down, driving down, down the bay, right? No, we're on the bay side. Right, right. Maybe we should segue into the realm event, and you guys could talk about that. Sure, okay, yeah, so we went to the Realm um, World Tour, I, it was supposedly the first event today, but I think that they said there was one in Europe today as yeah, well. Yeah, so it might actually have been the second. But I think ours was more exciting, to be honest yeah, with you. For sure. Yeah, for <laughs> uh, uh, JP Samar did a talk on Realm's 
uh, mobile platform, which we talked about back in September, I think, when they announced it. That's the one where two people could be collaboratively drawing on an iPad app at the same time, and then um, at, in the demo, as one person loses connection but continues to draw, the, the changes they make to the drawing are, are basically cached in the local database. And then when they do regain the signal, um, both drawings would update with uh, based on what was uh, synced to the server. So. So the technology is uh, relatively straightforward about use Realm's tools to have a self-hosted server. Uh, I think we were speculating as to what, at the time whether or not it was it could be a self-hosted server or, or Realm would be providing that as a software as a service. But that Realm is not at this point in time uh, offering that kind of service. So they want they don't want they're not interested in seeing what your data is. But the product allows you to using their tools create an experience where you can play. Like for instance, the demo app they showed by our friend Mar- Martin Todorov was uh, an app called Ram Pop where there's a bunch of uh, virtual bubbles on the screen and um, two users can reg- register and start playing and the server in between would sync the information back and forth uh, as they played, right? So uh, at each player's move was kind of updated live in the stream and they also showed the back end. There's a back end uh, app you can get from Realm that will allow you to see what's going on on the server. And so you can see as they were, for instance, entering the username in, the data, the characters were going into the database live. It wasn't like you entered the data in and hit save. They kind of updated on the fly. So it's an interesting app. I think um, there's a couple of, I think it's a couple of cons we kind of sort of came away with. But the reason why I was sort of alluding to the fact that it was exciting was it was in the middle of the demo, <laughs> some lady's uh, electronic cigarette batteries blew up which is, I think we've talked about on the show, exploding batteries. So that was kind of exciting. We all... Uh, yeah, no one got hurt. It was in her purse yeah, on the floor, but, yeah. but it was loud, and, and there were flames, and yeah. they had to interrupt the presentation and then open all the windows and let it air out. Yeah, it was pretty it exciting. Was dramatic. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, you know, timely, kind of like we all, you know, we saw the, the bits of burned stuff on the ground and thought, we thought at first it was a Galaxy Note 7. Right. <laughs> But it turned out it was an electronic cigarette. And as you said, no one was hurt. Um, yeah, so what did you think about the so, product, Mark? So, so one point is that the reason that they're doing this World Tour now is that they just released version 1.0 of this. So it is now actually an official release. And, and that's why they're going to promoting it. And I, I think the technology is pretty interesting. Uh, it's essentially it, it's it's a it's a syncing mechanism where you have a realm database on your local device and a and a synced date realm database on your server. And uh, when you write or read from well, really write to your local database, it's automatically syncing it up to the server uh, without you having to do any kind of networking uh, manually. It's all done. All the networking is done behind the scenes. And it's keeping a uh, a transaction log both on the local device and on the server, and it's making sure that those are kept up to date. So if you happen to say drive through a tunnel and you lose connection to the connection to the server while you're updating some you know some critical update, uh, then it doesn't get lost uh, because it will it will correct that after the fact uh, and. Uh, you don't have to write the code to do that correctly. So, so it's kind of nice in that sense. Uh, it's very reactive. Uh, so basically you have these, what they describe as live objects, uh, where if you, have, if you have some object in your database, it's constantly behind the scenes, or not constantly when it needs to, it's syncing its own content. So 
So whenever you access that live object, it's it's already got the latest and up-to-date updates, and it does this using reactive techniques that we talked about last time. So it's kind of interesting in, in that sense. Um, yeah, the, the downsides are, well, you have to use the reactive approach. You have to have a Roam database on your back end as well. It doesn't, it doesn't sound like it plays well with other types of uh, server, you know, servers and databases. Um, yeah, some of the questions were asked after the was one was about encryption because um, I guess one user was kind of wondering why he couldn't add his own I guess encryption layer to it and um, JP had answered that um, they used AES encryption and on the iOS device for instance they use common crypto and I forgot what he said they use on Android but uh, that so the the data going back and forth is is uh, encrypted on the fly as well and with an extra layer on top of uh, I would assume TLS if you're uh, using that kind of technology so that's a that's a pretty secure technology right um, sure mm-hmm. so yeah so that's uh, the realm world tour so catch it in your neighborhood and yeah. we can't guarantee it'll be exciting as the talk we went to right. I believe Marn is doing his talk in um, Barcelona. It may be this week. I'm not sure. It would be February 23rd in Barcelona. Right. Yeah. He was. Um, yeah. He was chatting with me about that on the, uh, the Slack uh, a couple of weeks ago. Last week, I guess. Seems like a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> right. Sounds like it was a good, uh, you know, other than a little bit of uh, excitement in the middle there, it sounds like it was a pretty good event, uh, showing you the technical aspects. And, um, to be honest, um, I mean, both Mark and I were a bit skeptical about it going in. I mean, other than we wanted to go and, you know, meet some of the people at the meetup in in, uh, at, in San Francisco, meet the people in the community. But um, uh, other than that, we were actually came away with thinking, you know, it might be good for some, some apps to work on in the future. So. Yeah, that's cool, and I'm pretty sure they were showing off the the syncing bit because that's sort of like the huge extra aspect that they added on top. With the demise of Parse, that's sort of like a huge um, thing to add. But it sounds like you can also just you know continue to use the Realm database as a, like a core data replacement if you want, and that's something I'm definitely interested in. Yeah, it, it sounds like they do have two fairly distinct products now. One is the standard Realm database that's been around for a couple of years, right? And then there's the new one that they're introducing now. And this and this talk was was really to introduce that. Right, and all the demo code is on their GitHub page. Yeah, um, I'll put a link in the show notes. So if you want to check out the code, like the uh, Realm Pop app that uh, Marin wrote, is on there as well. Nice, nice. And um, let's see here. So following up on the swag piece that they mentioned when they registered, since I'll be encountering that in Seattle on uh, February twenty third, what uh, what do they what do they give? Give us the details. They have these sort of rock show kind of realm world tour t shirts, and as well they have um, stickers, stickers, plenty of stickers, and then they had a um, of course they had the demo apps there too, so you could try them out on on either Android or uh, iOS devices. And they also had, asked the question. They had some water bottles. And yeah, they had some swag like that. Realm branded water bottles and a uh, Realm branded uh, uh, Google cardboard uh, kit. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, VR kit. Yeah. So the two demo apps they have on the GitHub. One of them is like um, uh, was I think clear that you know the to do list that looks orange, red, yellow, brown. That's clear. It's mm-hmm. clear, right? It's one. Uh, yeah, yeah, the clear to-do list uh, app, yep. It was their own version of that. Yeah. Maybe not for future but it was just a demo. Yeah, which is groovy. Cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. And looking at the schedule here, even though San Francisco is listed first, I think you guys are correct. Uh, on the same date, 
was in a Sweden meetup uh, on the 15th, but since they're a little bit ahead of you guys by several hours, technically it was second, and uh, it's either Malmo or Malmö, according to this Ogvorbis file on Wikipedia that tells me how to pronounce it, so hopefully I didn't butcher that too badly. Nifty, nifty. Palo Alto. Woohoo! Yeah, we're almost back. <laughs> Talk fast. <laughs> Talk fast. All right, so let's go to picks then. I'm you going to pick? Yeah, uh, quick and easy one. It's a blog post by Daniel Williams, and it's on how to locate the source of a memory leak using the uh, sort of newer memory debugging tools in Xcode. So the Xcode memory debugger has the ability to let you enable malloc stack logging in your scheme. And uh, unfortunately, it has to be done on a per-scheme basis. So that's something to keep in mind. It has a couple of screenshots here where you, you go and you edit the, the run scheme and set that logging on there. Uh, and you have a quote-unquote upgraded memory debugger. And I tried this out, and it's actually pretty cool because it'll show you where memory leaks are, uh, like what, what type of object. And then in the right-hand panel, you can see um, the backtrace. And most importantly to me, you can click anywhere in that backtrace to see the steps in the code that got you to that point of having that uh, detected memory leak. Right. So I thought that was pretty nice, because I, I tried that out. It's pretty easy to really use. Uh, very powerful. It, it, many of the memory debugging things are in the Xcode 8. It does say here, that as a caveat, that you should turn this option on and off when you debug memory leaks, because when that malloc stack logging is on, some properties aren't logged fully when stepping through the debugger. And I definitely noticed that myself, or as a... Uh, no, what do, you, what do you mean this isn't available? Clearly it's available. The line right above it was available. Why is this one not available? So um, it's definitely not something you're going to leave on all the time. Uh, I definitely noticed the, the app running maybe slightly sluggishly while it was doing that. So something to keep in mind, but definitely another you know tip to have in your, your bag of tricks. So in that case, it's probably good that you have to turn it on and off on a scheme-by-scheme basis just so you don't forget and leave it on for everything all the time. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely would like it to be almost like the hardware debugging, like the slow animations that you can turn on for the simulator, you know, that shows you everything moving super slowly so you can see the transitions happening. If it was, you know, just a pull-down menu and activate sort of thing, I would definitely love it to be that. So that's my pick of the week. All right, I guess that's it. Is that it? Unless you guys have some picks. Do you have a pick, Mark? I don't have a pick. No? Let me think. Do I have a pick? Uh, well, my pick would be go bowling at the Bowmore... Bowling alley in uh, Cupertino, yeah. but if you go on two dollar Tuesdays, don't buy the beer because the beer is like really expensive for a pitcher. But the margaritas and the bowling are all two dollars, so a good time. You know, it's ten pin bowling. Like we have five pin bowling in Canada, you know, but apparently they have ten ten pin down here. So. You five pin bowling. You guys bowl with five pins? Is that like an exchange rate problem? What's going on there? <laughs> no, it's like a smaller ball. Like it's you hold it in the palm of your. It's more, I guess it's like a big softball. And so then that sounds a little bit like candle pin bowling, like we have on the East Coast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's only five pins, and, and huh. uh, I think they're. I think it's the same size as alley and all that kind of stuff, right? But five pins in, in I guess, a chevron shape, right? Um, yeah, so. I managed to get a couple of strikes, so I'm not too, too shabby, considering I've only bowled 10 10 pin bowling twice. So I guess my pick is play all the bowling games on your iPhone so that you'll know how to throw the ball when you go to play real ball, real bowling. It certainly helps. (laughs) Right, right. Pull uh, dust off the Nintendo Wii and play the Wii bowling game to to try it out, (laughs) to simulate it when you you come across the border. I bowling game. My my, uh, grandson Foster was totally into anything with balls so 
we used to get all the bowling games when the, when the iPhones first came out. He would play them. All right, so I guess that's it for another week. And so, Jaime, if people want to get a hold of you on the interwebs, how do they do that? They would do so on Twitter because I am at Dev with the Hair. At Dev with the Hair. Okay, and Mark, if you want to get a hold of you? Mark R at smapsoft.com or at smapsoft. And I'm Tim Mitra, T I M M I T R A on Twitter, although I'm thinking of changing my same name to Dev with the Hat. <laughs> 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 Somebody's looking for a cease and desist order. That's what I'm hearing on, on like live here on the radio. Uh, that's it. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. And you just listened to the More Than Just Code podcast. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There you can find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the items that we talk about on the show as well as links to the apps on the App Store. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment on the website, and if you can, please write a review on iTunes. If you're listening on Overcast, go ahead and press the recommend button. It really helps others find out about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter. Once again, the podcast's Twitter account is at mtjc underscore podcast. If you'd like to support us, you can pledge any amount on patreon.com slash mtjc. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. You know, I, I went to visit Greg at, at that place that he works at, which I'll mm-hmm. blame us because I had to sign an NDA. And uh, our my friend Ken spotted he saw a hat at the in the commissary, and he came over, and it was sure enough, it was my buddy Ken from from the Ray Reynolds team that's now working at that place where Greg works that can't be named. <laughs> cool deal, cool deal. Kind of cool. So we got the surprise visit by Ken. How After show. Oh, by the way, we're on uh, Cupertino uh, Highway 85. Oh, 85. On the way from, uh, I guess from, where from Palo Alto to? Uh, it goes from Mountain View down, so you, you take the 101 to, and, and take, get up to 85 in, in Mountain View, right over by Google actually, right. and it takes it down to Cupertino, yeah. uh, where you hit the 280 freeway, which is where Apple is. So I visited the Palo Alto Apple Store, it's quite impressive, and uh, Palo Alto itself is nice, it's got some nice houses and stuff, but it, oh. of course none of us can afford to live there. Right. And uh, we, went, we went to the new Apple store on Union Square. San Francisco. Yeah, Greg and uh, Mark and Pencil. Were you? Yeah. I was underwhelmed by Yeah, I think the Palo Alto one is much better. Yeah, what do you think about the new store versus the old store that they had there? Uh, if it's bigger, it's bigger. Two levels, right? Or the old levels. store was two levels as well. Yeah, but this, you've got that whole divided top part that goes into the back of that hotel, right? Yeah, yeah. It was wider. Yeah. Surprisingly, there was no Apple logo. That's what I kept commenting on that, right? Oh, and I might have smuggled one of those books home, I mean. <laughs> really? Are you announcing it to the whole... Oh, uh, I can't. Well, it's not going to... I think I'll be on the plane by the time this hits the air, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, I will declare it, though. Don't worry. Oh, okay. Yeah, I will. Yeah. I don't know. You think you're safe over there in Canada, man. They're talking about sending Edward Snowden back here from Russia. You think we can't get somebody from Canada here to the U.S.? Extradite you so fast? Well, no. The thing is, they're only selling the... This, we're talking about the Apple Design in California book by Apple. So this is a follow-up item, I, I guess. I saw one at the company store. And didn't, I thought, oh, there's one. And then when I got to the store at Union Square, I reminded myself that I don't think they're available everywhere. They're only available... Like, they're not available in Canada. 
right? And they're only available in Union Square and a few other places, I think, right? If I remember correctly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just a few of the like very largest cities, apparently, not including necessarily Toronto, which would be one of those. Yeah, can't you can't you Google that for us, honey, since my hands are tied? Um, let me see if I can find that. Let's see here. So according to the Apple.com newsroom, the designed by Apple and California books are available exclusively from Apple.com in Australia, France, Germany, Hong Kong, Japan, Korea, Taiwan, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Uh, we're about to get on to the 280 freeway. Ooh, the 280, all right. So why do we came down to 101 because we're closer to it? or we're just Yeah, the, the 101 is, is always faster unless you have traffic. Oh, right, right. Uh, granted, is most of the time you have traffic. Uh, right. But uh, at this time of night, it's pretty open. Yeah, I gotta say the traffic here is crazy. Oh yeah, crazy insane. 